This is the City of God podcast, where Christ meets culture. I want to welcome you to the City of God podcast, where we are discussing today's biggest cultural issues all through the lens of God's infallible word. I'm Rob Pacienza, and this month, our ministry put out a great special called Intolerant, uh, the War on Religious Liberty. Uh, one of the stories that we talked about in that special special is the story of Pastor Mike McClure. You might have read about uh, his story, uh, but he is the pastor of Calvary Chapel in San Jose, and that church is facing $2.87 million in fines for keeping its doors open during the COVID-19 pandemic against county orders. During that pandemic, many churches across the nation were forced to shut down, while as we know, as Christians, uh, bars, nightclubs, and even casinos uh, were not mandated to shut down. Uh, this became a great debate, and rightfully so, as we saw government label and define churches churches as non-essential businesses, while casinos and bars were considered essentials. Uh, those churches that chose to stay open and to exercise their freedom and their liberty uh, were uh, received massive fines, as Pastor Mike McClure did at Calvary Chapel San Jose. Uh, we're also going to be uh, joined by his attorney, uh, Mariah, uh, Mariah Gondero, an attorney from Advocates for Faith for Free and Freedom. Uh, they have countersued the Santa Clara County for unlawful retaliation, and the Supreme Court has reprimanded California five times for their orders against churches, which violate uh, the First Amendment. It is an incredible story of uh, the church pushing back uh, against the unlawful orders of the federal government and of the state and county governments, And but it's a great story uh, that really helps us to understand our fight and our war for and our battle uh, for religious liberty for the church and for Christians in the 21st century. And I pray that you're encouraged by how Christians in uh, this cultural moment are fighting back. So without further, further ado, uh, here is my interview with Pastor Mike McClure. Pastor Mike, can you briefly summarize the case and what happened to Calvary Chapel San Jose? Well, it's been a couple of years, uh, but yeah, it happened in 2020 when we were told to, uh, you know, not sing, couldn't gather. When the president had everyone closed for two weeks to slow the spread, uh, we opened up on Pentecost Sunday with uh, about 1,500 to 2,000 churches in California, and we continued to gather for several months, uh, taking in other churches that also needed a place to meet. And upon doing that, we began to get fines from the county for gathering, and we were then uh, given a restraining order. We were pulled into court. Uh, we were more or less threatened to, to not uh, meet, and, and we continued to. We were pulled back into court, in uh, which case I was able to take the witness stand to speak to the judge. And the result of that was he just more or less uh, threw us out, didn't make any fines uh, uh, as far as mandatory that we had to pay. We appealed to the Sixth Circuit Court of Appeals in which they overturned everything that had happened in that case, found it unconstitutional. Uh, in the meantime, our attorney, uh, they 
wrote an amicus brief to the Supreme Court and asking, you know, for them to give us the freedom to meet, which they did, and they found it unconstitutional. And uh, so all that in between was a lot of back and forth. We had uh, fines every day up to $5,000 from the county, uh, from anything from people not social distancing, not wearing a mask, singing in church, hugging. Uh, we had a geofence that the county had put around our church, monitoring everybody's phone. Uh, who comes to church here, how long they're here. Uh, they called OSHA. They had OSHA come and try to shut down our school. So we've been uh, more or less fighting for our freedom that we've had many wars over and a constitution that protects it, uh, especially with the First Amendment. And, and it's continuing to go on. Uh, even at this point, I, I believe we're in both the federal and the state um, courts, and it's been over two years, almost three years now. Let's bring in Mariah. Mariah, can you you speak to what you're seeing? I mean, obviously, you're involved intimately in this case, um, but I'm sure you're seeing what we're seeing, the unequal treatment regarding public facilities, uh, the way the government and state organizations have treated uh, churches versus how they treat stores, casinos, liquor stores, are you seeing the unequal treatment, uh, you know, especially in light of uh, this case regarding Calvary Chapel, San Jose? Oh, absolutely. Then that's really the linchpin of our argument and why, why we filed a lawsuit against the county of Santa Clara is because they, they ordered and forced this church and other churches to shut down and would issue crippling fines against them to you know, coerce them into staying shut down, while at the same time giving numerous exemptions to a lot of secular entities and activities like Hollywood. You saw, you you heard about that notoriously, the state of California allowing Hollywood to, to sing and be, to be able to create their movies. Um, you know, there are exemptions for, for restaurants. And also the government gave exemptions for themselves. They gave exemptions for essential government actors but churches were never deemed essential. And, and you saw that not just with capacity restrictions, but you saw that with face coverings and the singing and chanting ban. There were always, the orders were always enforced very stringently upon churches, but there were a lot of exemptions given to other entities and activities. And that's why this case is really a, a clear cut case. And, and we should win on the merits because because of the fact that the the government is discriminating against religion and the constitution explicitly forbids discrimination against religion. Sure, this isn't just a, a, a matter of a, a church uh, being allowed to operate. We're getting into the legal implications of freedom of speech, privacy, the freedom to assemble, and the, the, the freedom to worship. So for those uh, you know, Christians that are out there that are listening that are, well, what's the, you know, what's the big deal? We shut down, uh, you know, for a few months. And, uh, you know, th th these have major implications, not just from a, a legal perspective, but from, uh, you know, a deeply spiritual perspective as far as kind of what our rights are as citizens. Well, absolutely. I mean, I think, and I, and what I told people throughout COVID-19, I mean, the, the reason why we can't just sit idly by and let them do this is because of the precedent it sets. I mean, if they can get away with this now, they're going to continue to 
um, you know, take advantage of us and, and violate our rights further down the road. And that's exactly why Mike took a stand and he said, absolutely not. I'm not shutting down. I'm not shutting down because I know this is unconstitutional and I know what kind of precedent this will set if I, if I don't fight back now, you know, he wants to make sure that he's not just protecting his own faith community, but that he's, he's protecting, you know, the free exercise of religion for generations to come. Yep. And so this case has, you know, far reaching implications. Yeah, we have many liberties in this nation, but this is certainly the first liberty that we must fight for. Uh, pastor Mike, uh, as a pastor, you're well aware of uh, Jesus's call to render unto Caesar what is Caesar's and render unto God what is God. Why does this case for you uh, really come down to obeying God rather than man? Well, I mean, Romans 13 tells us that we're to obey the powers that be. Until those powers are telling you to do evil, oh, both amen. Paul and Peter tell us to obey those that are in authority, but they were both killed for disobeying those in authority. Why? Because when you have a government who comes in, like our governor, who's now siding with Target in the most current thing, with pedophiles and with, with Satanism and defending that. So when is you know a pastor's job to protect the sheep? I'm, I'm not a police officer. If, if 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 you look at a cultural kind of reference, I'm a I'm a paramedic. So my job is to you know reach uh, the people in need and to minister to them as a shepherd. So the role of a pastor in this country is a is a gifted one from our government, from our founding fathers. We shouldn't take that lightly. We need to understand our job in this whole cry of separation of church and state, which you know is not constitutional. But the idea is they don't want the church to be free. They want to control who you worship. They want to uh, be able to shut you down. And, you know, I, I think many pastors who have been fooled are not not going to be fooled again. And this is not about health. In our particular case, we had a, a young man who got saved in our church. He worked for the county. He worked for the 1-800 uh, hotline for suicide, if you will, answered the phone there, was not allowed to answer phone calls. They shut down the phone number in our county for months. And in 2020 of October, there were 14,000 calls that we have record of from him unanswered. And so to me, if you really are going to trust a government that's going to take care of you, um, you're, you're, you're then crossing the line uh, of expecting the government to shepherd your flock. And that's not what we're to do. Peter tells us that we're going to stand before God. We're going to give an account. So for me, I just knew, knowing the history of this country, that all the churches, uh, you know, you look at what God's called us to do as pastors. We started all the hospitals. We started all the universities, 98%. Or seminaries, if they're not going to shut down Costco and they're not going to shut down hospitals, pastor, don't let them shut down your church. You have an obligation before Almighty God to defend the flock. And when we have people committing suicide or in need, you don't run away. That's what a hireling does. You run to the need like a paramedic. And I just think that was my heart. That, that still is uh, the desire is to help people. You know, that's why I'm doing what I'm doing. I'm not doing it for me. I'm doing it for the Lord. I'm accountable to him. And I don't work for the governor. And it's great when you have a mayor, and I have had a great relationships with past mayors, and we've had governors at one time in our state that respected the church, respected God, 
and understood the call of a pastor. Well, you don't have that now. You don't have that respect and that understanding. And I think that's what we're about ready to lose our country because the very soul uh, uh, center of who we are is our ability that comes in a gift that comes from God. It's, a, it's our creator who's given us all these inalienable rights that we're, we're just letting them who are doing evil come in and, and, and divide our flock. And I think it's time to say, no, you're not, you're not going to do this. And it's my job before God to say, you're done. And it's over my dead body that you're going to continue to hurt people and put them in harm's way. And that's what we've seen. I mean, that's what our case is about. It's about people who have died, people who have been hurt by the government and continue to be put in fear. And the Bible tells us that God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. Amen. Well, I appreciate your stance. Uh, you're absolutely right. We have 2,000 years of historical precedent of the Church of Jesus Christ shaping culture, and you mentioned some of the some of the issues that we're facing uh, with the suicide rates skyrocketing, gender confusion in the schools, uh, depression at an all-time high, a nation that is overly medicated. The last thing we need to be doing is close the church. Uh, Pastor Mike, you mentioned uh, briefly earlier the OSHA overstep. Uh, could either you or Mariah speak to how they threaten to close your school. Yeah, I, I can I can touch on that real quickly. It was it in the the fall or December of, of 2020, um, they had sent OSHA officials to to monitor the school because at the time um, there were complaints that um, the the students were not strictly complying with with mask mandates and also complaints regarding that there were certain COVID-19 cases at the church. And then also that the, the, um, the school was not um, quickly reporting COVID-19 cases within like the arbitrary, arbitrary 24 hours that they had that the, that the County had requested. And so I believe really why, why OSHA was sent was because they just wanted to continue to put pressure on the church. And it was in, coordination with all the other things the county was doing against the against the church and so they ended up actually filing a complaint against the church seeking $60,000 in fines against I'm sorry they they filed a, a complaint against the school seeking $60,000 in fines so those fines are separate than the the millions in fines that the county was seeking against the church for violating COVID-19 orders. These fines just had to do with the school. Um, but ultimately, we actually won on a motion to suppress because our argument was that the evidence that they were relying on was unconstitutional. The warrant that they were relying on was unconstitutional. We won that, and the um, OSHA has, has filed a motion for reconsideration, and we're still waiting on a decision right now to see how that um, pans out. And Pastor Mike, uh, tell us a little bit about this confidential snitching hotline uh, with uh, enforcement officers. How'd you find out about SafeGraph? You know, I'm not aware of that SafeGraph. Is it? Uh... Oh, I, I, think, I think what he's referring to is um, the entity who was who was requested by the county to surveil the church throughout the COVID-19 pandemic. And yeah, I can either talk one of you bit. tell, yeah, tell us about I that. Can, I can talk a little bit more about that because um, we actually received that during discovery, during our, our expert discovery. Um, they had turned over an expert 
who they plan to use during trial, who is going to talk about, uh, you know, all of the people who are going in and out of the church to try to show that the church was a super spreader. And the way that they did that is they they coordinated with a company called SafeGraph to put a geofence around the church property. And they did this for over a year and a half. And this geofence allowed them to monitor and surveil how many people were going in and out of the church. Not only that, but where they were in the church, meaning they could see them if they were in the nursery, the prayer room, the um, the sanctuary, anywhere on, on, the, the, on the property, they, they could see where individuals were at. And this issue actually, is is extremely significant. We're actually getting ready to um, file a separate lawsuit for this specific issue because it is so unprecedented. There's not even any case law that addresses these types of geofences, um, especially in the context of churches in religion. Um, and so this is a very important cutting edge case that will have, you know, again, far-reaching implications. My good friend, Dr. Muller, uh, the president of Southern Baptist Theological Seminary, once said that the 1960s, in the 1960s, California was the great laboratory for the rest of the nation. Kind of what happened in California in the 1960s eventually spread to the rest of America. Is it fair to say what we're seeing in California uh, once again now in the 21st century is that laboratory once again uh, and the reason why uh, Christians everywhere in America should be watching closely what's happening in California? and be, be prepared and, and have an answer to uh, defend their rights and to defend their freedoms. Absolutely. I mean, I'll let Mike talk about this, though, because he's a California native. <laughs> I would say, yeah, everything that goes on in California spreads to all the other places. We've had several families move to Texas, to different states, and they're starting to see the same thing that they had kind of run from, if you will, uh, uh, in California, in those other states. So what we need to realize is when you have all these world leaders say there's a great reset, you know, um, just looking at the Bible, looking at end times, looking at the things that uh, Christ has warned us about, you know, it's going to be like the days of Noah, it's going to be like the days of Lot. Uh, you know, you're going to see the love of many growing cold because lawlessness abounds. And actually, um, you look at that word uh, lawless, and it's, it's really... Uh, something that we see people breaking not just man's law civil law but god's law so you know uh bio biological gender you see these things happening around the world on a global scale and it's time to look up that our redemption i believe is drawing near and you know the things that are happening in california absolutely are are happening around the rest of the nation but what we see in our county they're the first to shut down they're the last to open up they're uh, a part of the soros group uh, World Economic Forum, uh, Big Tech, Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. So what you have is a collusion between Big Pharma, Big Tech, and government, and you can't tell the difference between any one of them. And so this is something we need to recognize. That they're surveilling us. They're watching us. Uh, they know who had COVID on their phones. It isn't just a ping. Uh, you know, my background is technology, and I know they know uh, everything uh, as far as the people. They're, they're tracking people individually. And it's uh, <laughs> People coming to church here, they, they leave their phones at home. You know, uh, a lot of them have tech backgrounds. They know what's going on. And I, and I think, you know, as, as Christians, it's an exciting time because mm -hmm. we have had people come to Christ every week. Um, I had a guy on Sunday just showed up in tears, just got saved. You know, people looking now and realizing the devil's real. And because they see the devil's real, they must 
they must start looking for where's God. And, and that's where you see the Lord ch- touching their life. And so it's a great time. Uh, it is uh, kind of like uh, the tale of two cities. It's the best of time. It's the worst of time. But it's also like Esther, you know, Persia, we're, we're, we're here for such a time as this. So I think it's a great opportunity as a pastor. And the last place I want to be is, is leaving here or anywhere else. I, I don't like the Silicon Valley, but, you know, it's a great opportunity because all of these technocrats, if you will, they know they're going to die. I, they, they know they can't save their life. They're going to try. And it's such a false lie. So clear because what they're lying to you now is they're going to start saying, hey, you know, we are able to, to keep you alive. We can put your brain, if you will, in this machine. And that's a, a, a big uh, uh, lie that's going on throughout the valley here. And it's promising, you know, long life and all the things that come right from the Garden of Eden. If you, you know, eat of this tree, you're going to be like God. And so the same lies over and over again. Same time, you have, you have the Lord Jesus Christ, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, who is being revealed to people and their lives are being absolutely transformed. I mean, just, it's, it's a blessing and it's an honor. It's a, it's a great time to serve. And so I just say to the county and, you know, all these big tech companies, um, bring it on, you know, because you're not fighting me, you're fighting God. You're, you're fighting against truth and truth always wins. Truth's going to come out and we know what the plan is. You know, in Psalm 2, it says, why the heathen rage? You know, they plot these things. They think they're going to overtake God and his son. But we know that he's going to break them with a rod of iron, as it says. And uh, he's, he's going to rule the nations. And they don't like that. The devil doesn't like that. And so you have to choose today who you're going to serve. Are you going to serve the Lord Jesus Christ as the King of kings and the Lord of lords, which you could do today? Or you can serve yourself and believe the lies of the devil. And that's, uh, it's kind of sad to see uh, people that, that, that trust in that. And, and I think that's what we're here to do, to call people you know, to the Lord and to repentance and to a saving knowledge of who Christ is. Amen. Amen. Yeah, as I often tell our people in our congregation, there is no neutrality in the kingdom of God. Uh, You either crown Jesus Lord of all or you fully reject him. And as you said uh, so well, I mean, this is the lie from the garden, right? Ever since the serpent was asking that question, did God really say, uh, and we bought that lie to question God's truth, we we certainly need uh, more Pastor Mike's in the church of Jesus Christ. Christ today saying, no, we're, we are a thus saith the Lord church. Um, so th- for those listening um, to this podcast, I, I pray that you would uh, offer your prayers uh, of support and encouragement to uh, Pastor Mike and Calvary Chapel San Jose for fighting the good fight. And let me just say as a uh, fellow pastor to you, Pastor Mike, and to Mariah, we are grateful for you both. Uh, keep on fighting this good fight. Uh, you have our full support. And uh, we thank God for uh, your voice in the wilderness uh, in this cultural moment. Thank you. Yeah, thank you very much. Thank you for listening to the City of God podcast made in partnership with the Institute for Faith and Culture. This is a weekly podcast, so make sure you listen to us at City of God podcast.com. You can also find us at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere you listen to podcasts. And you can always, 
watch the video version on our YouTube page. If you benefited or were encouraged or inspired from today's conversation, uh, please pass along this podcast to family and friends as we together explore today's biggest cultural issues through the lens of God's infallible word. I want to thank you once again for listening and may God richly bless you.